Salam listeners and welcome to Salam radio show. Uh, on this show, um, I thought to bring um, amazing Palestinian speakers, uh, my friend here, Tala and Lor. Um, but before we start, I wanted to acknowledge that we're broadcasting uh, from the land of the Aboriginal people, the Kulin nations, and I would like to pay my respect to the elders past and present and recognize that their land um, they have unceded sovereignty. Yeah, on today's show, I have two f- Palestinian friends whom I've met recently. I had the pleasure of meeting. I have Tala here, who's been working with multicultural communities since arriving to Melbourne in 2019. And she's a passionate advocate for social and economic justice and Palestinian rights. And I have Lur, who moved only two months to Melbourne from Palestine, and she's t- uh, currently studying cultural um, uh, leader leadership. And she's passionate about uh, organizing cultural events as well as storytelling. She has worked in the Palestinian cultural sector before coming to Australia and focuses on art, uh, political art and decolonization in her work and study. How is it going, Tala? How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm good. I feel very energized from the protest that took place two days ago in Narm here in Melbourne. Um, it was, you know, we were feeling um, so much. Uh, did I just... Sorry, I was just um, saying that it's really good to be here with you um, today, Mirna, on 3CR, Salam Radio. Um, It's, yeah, the past few days have been really hard, the past few weeks, actually. Um, As Palestinians here, we just felt so far away from our brothers and sisters back home and, you know, just like this feeling of hopelessness was just like engulfing us. But now that we've seen the amount of support and, um, you know, the crowd, the big crowd of thousands that um, were in um, Melbourne in the protest yesterday gave us just so much hope and energy to continue for our struggle for freedom for Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with Tada. I think that yesterday's protests were um, were a, like a massive moral boost for um, many Palestinians in Palestine and um, around the world, I think. Yeah, it was such a powerful vibe. Uh, I felt, yeah, I've been feeling also a bit down. Uh, the Palestinian cause is very close to my heart as a Lebanese yeah. person. Mm. Um, and that, uh, the past week has been really... Um, yeah, really harsh uh, to see all these all these violence being committed against mm. the Palestinian people constantly. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just like been horrible because um, the intensity of um, the state-sanctioned violence committed against Palestinians in the past few weeks has been horrible. But it's just so important to always remember that this is an ongoing. Um, this is an ongoing Nakba, an ongoing oppression against Palestinians. Um, 
you know, colonialism never ended. It's ongoing since 1948. Um, Sheikh Jarrah is just like the most recent spot in Palestine that is getting, um, or, is, or Israelis are trying to ethnically cleanse. But it also represents hundreds and hundreds of other villages that um, were also depopulated and ethnically cleansed from their native Palestinians since 1948 and even before that. And I guess Lur can talk a bit ab- mm. talk a bit about like her village where she comes from. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, yeah, Lur. Yeah, my, my um, family actually comes from um, a village that was depopulated in 1948. It's called um, Abu Shusha. It's um, close to. Uh, it's between Ramle, Hebron, and Jerusalem. So it had quite a strategic location. Um, it fell on the 14th of um, May 1948 after um, a massacre. So my grandparents actually had to uh, run for their lives to um, flee that massacre in 1948. This this also, I think, goes against like the general um, Israeli narrative when it comes to Palestine in 1948, where um, we are portrayed in, in history books and in the media as if we kind of fled and just decided to leave our homes. Um, we didn't. My no. family actually had to leave after a massacre that took the lives of one third of the population of the village that they lived in. So mm. um, we see like we see this uh, again today in Sheikh Jarrah where people are being forced to, to leave their houses under like pretenses of of court orders and evictions. But I guess like many other Palestinians have been have been trying to say over the last um, week, these are not evictions. This is forced displacement based on ethnicity and based on, on uh, a racist system that is built to, to basically push the Palestinians out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very horrible what's mm. happened uh, this week and what's been happening for a long time since 1948 um, yeah tell us a little bit about your background i know like uh different palestinians have different experience between the people who stayed in the 48 1948 and the people who who left and the people who were who had to uh, get refuge in west bank and gaza yeah um first of all i'd like i i'd really think i think it's really important to give a big shout out and send my love and solidarity to the people of Gaza who are definitely you know who are going under the most brutal attacks mm. and bombardment and um a blockade for over 15 years now um i send my love and i also you know just want to let any Gazan who Palestinian who lives in Gaza know that um, we're here, we see them, and we feel with them every single day, every single minute. So, and also, I want to say that this time, although it's so sad and it's heartbreaking seeing all the images and videos online of what's happening back home. Um, it's just a big also reminder that we are one people and mm. no matter how hard the Israeli apartheid regime has tried over 70 years to divide us and um, from, you know, 
um, kicking Palestinians out of their homes in 1948 and then in mm-hmm. 1967 into um, into the diaspora to Palestinians like Lur and I who grew up in the West Bank. But also Lur has obviously as well, her roots are in 1948 Palestine. So one person can also have different yeah. Palestinian identities, which is also, you know, it's important to bring uh, to, to, to talk about. And then um, there's also obviously our Palestinian brothers and sisters in 1948 who are currently getting lynched in the streets um, yeah. and um, facing state systemic discrimination. Um, and then you also have, yeah, as I said, my um, Palestinians in Gaza. So our, I grew up um, under military occupation in Ramallah in the West Bank. And Laura and I actually lived very close to each other, like in the yep. same neighborhood. Mm. Um, we lived in front of a, an illegal Israeli settlement called Psagot Settlement, where they were they were shooting at us all like while growing up um especially during the second intifada it was really hard um Mm -hmm. our school got bombed um you know gas canisters like were thrown at us while we're just um playing in the streets um we when we were for example, my grandma lives in another city in the West Bank. To go and visit her during holiday seasons, we would have every ten, you know, every five k's, we would be stopped in a, on different checkpoints. Just the humiliation we saw our grandparents, our parents, and you know, as older people suffering on the hands of eighteen years old soldiers was just atrocious. Um, you know, seeing settlers, settler violence in the streets, the lack of movement as well. That's a huge thing. Like from my house in Palace in Ramallah, I could see the um, beach, but I can't even go there because of the, these checkpoints, because of the apartheid regime, because we have another um, ID color different than the ID, the color of the IDs of the Jewish Israelis who can go everywhere and anywhere in historic Palestine Mm. is yeah it's just it's this trauma is continuous and Sheikh Jarrah is just the recent the most recent trigger um, for this trauma but we never saw one peaceful day in our lives because of this systemic violence um this state-sanctioned violence against palestinians who all all they want is self-determination over their lands yeah that's very true i um i agree 100 percent about like especially when you were talking about like the regular checkpoint so we basically cannot move between cities without having to go through um, Israeli checkpoints. Mm. And on these Israeli checkpoints, it, like you can experience like a very wide range of um, of <laughs> events, I guess, depending on the mood of the soldiers, depending on the political situation, depending on so many things. But the only thing that was constant throughout is making us feel like we are subhuman. We are not mm. treated as human beings. We are constantly humiliated, degraded in, in every possible way. It doesn't matter if you are a child. It doesn't matter if you're an older person. It doesn't matter if you're a woman, if you're a man. You are constantly being treated like you are subhuman, like you are a terrorist, like you are a crazy person. And I think this is the dehumanization that we are seeing today in the streets of 
of of Tel Aviv and in the streets of Haifa where people are having Palestinians are having their houses marked and then they are attacked at night in their own homes. This is what we're seeing. This is the de- the result of the 70 years of dehumanization that we have been forced under. Yeah, and we're also seeing that in mainstream media, yeah, you know, because 100%. of this huge propaganda machine that Israel funds, um, you totally can see the biased media, um, you know, how they represent Palestine, how they talk about it as in as if it's war, as if it's conflict between two equal sides, when in reality, we don't even control our sea, we don't control our board, we don't have, we don't control our borders, we don't control our resources, we don't control our air, we have no, no airport. We have nothing. We are just people on our land who are trying to fight. We're just on our land fighting for our right to live. Yeah. And then you see media portraying us as two equal um, sides. And I just want to, you know, say something. This is not a war and this is not a, definitely not, not a war between Gaza and Israel. Definitely not a it's civil between, war. You no, know, it's, it's, yeah, no, yeah. it's, uh, it's. It's just like people calling for their right to exist and to, to live on their land, land peacefully um, and securely. And this is, yeah, again and again, is not a war between the state of Israel and Hamas, not at all. This is about all Palestinians in, in, in 1948, in the West Bank, in Gaza, in the diaspora, all of them calling for one thing. And that thing is to decolonize their land, um, to, 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 to take control of their land, to live peacefully, to not be divided. Even families are divided back home because of the ugly apartheid, separate, um, apartheid wall. Mm. It's it's just you know it's common sense to know who is the oppressor and who is the oppressed. But unfortunately, um, people like media moguls like Rupert Murdoch has totally fabricated the truth. Yeah, for sure. It's um yeah, it's very um the mainstream media media is very one sided and it's very hard to to find news um about Palestine and you have to really dig in uh, deep and uh, read articles about Palestine and about its history. Also the way it's divided, like the separation between Gaza and the West Bank and the settlement that they they have installed, the checkpoints mm-hmm. divides it even further and further. But I'm hopeful that, I mean, it's very obvious that the Palestinian people are united and they will continue to fight and they won't leave. Yeah, we always say that their settler colonial project in our eyes has failed because for generations and generations, they depended on this notion that the new generation of Palestinians will forget. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we won't, we will never, the, our love and connection to our land is something that no one can take away from us. When I see now Australian, um, sorry, Palestinians who grew up in Australia who mm-hmm. don't even have the right to go back to Palestine and live there, like Janine. Like Janine, um, yeah. Yeah, the speaker who um, Salam Radio will host in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, wh- when I see her passion, her dedication and commitment to the Palestinian cause, I am rest assured that no one um, will forget about it, will forget about Palestine and... Um, what you know the, we are going against one of the most powerful technologically savvy armies in the world and yet um this this determination they're unable to quiet down or to erase 
Um, yeah, there is a lot of things I want to talk about, but I just don't know where to start from. I just, I, I hope whoever is listening to us right now understand that this is not a conflict, this is not a war, mm. this is um, people who are living under an apartheid regime against a, a very technologically savvy army. Um, we are using stones to resist, they are using <laughs> tanks and planes and air, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I was thinking we could just take a small break and play mm. a song. Um, uh, it's a new song by Dabur called yes. Cher Jarrah, and it's on uh, released on Platinum. Uh, I send all my love um, to Platinum. The way you spell Platinum is really cool. It's B-L-T-N-M. Yeah. And it's a play on um, the Arabic um, language and writing. So... The way you write um, in Arabic is you only write the consonant and not the vowels. And also, we don't have the letter P, so it yeah. starts with B, B, L, T, and M, um, which I think is very smart. It's such an amazing group um, of artists, um, and I highly recommend to listen to their music. And yeah, they um, are a very talented bunch, that's for sure. And they yeah, also so like represent the street of Pal like you know in Palestine. They've reimagined a new kind of identity that speaks to the young people in Palestine. Mm. Um, they really just like they knew how to grab, I think, every young person, every young Palestinian's heart in a way and make them feel heard and seen. Um, and also the production itself of their music, I think, is incredible. It's, so, it's very yeah. special and unique. Like um, on SoundCloud, I was listening to a mm. podcast with Shabjid and uh, and they were talking through the process. Um, mm. And it's definitely very unique to them. And you'll you'll see when um, you'll hear. You'll, you'll hear it. So. <laughs> All right, I'll play it now. I'm 
الزمور انظر خطط خطط كاتم كنوص بتزيد تخش تعلق بالروس في صوت رصوص زغرت في الشيخ جرح فندالي كتير نفتح شسور كتسور غرد بتحجم بزوز بتيوت تكرول لقلبنا في غور كاكتور وخطفنا مطور في صوت رصوص زغرت في الشيخ جرح فندالي كتير تفتح شسور كتسور غرد بتحجم بزوز بتيوت تكرول لقلبنا في غور كاكتور وخطفنا مطور اصحى Lord, would you like to tell us a little bit about um, Sheikh Jarrah? Yeah, of course. Um, so over the last um, week, I think like social media has been um, buzzing about what's happening in in Sheikh Jarrah. But I think um, maybe n- not everyone has a lot of context on on what is happening. So. Um, Sheikh Jarrah is a Palestinian uh, neighborhood in in East Jerusalem, which under international law is um, is Palestinian territory. Um, so what is happening at the moment and what has been happening for uh, quite some time now is that mm-hmm. Israeli settler organizations are taking over Palestinian homes. Um, basically, you have a whole judiciary system that is skewed to 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 favor um, mm. settler organizations over uh, Palestinian residents in Jerusalem. It's also worth mentioning that Palestinians in Jerusalem do not have um, uh, full citizenship rights in Israel. Um, they are me- they are residents of Jerusalem, which is um, like Tala mentioned before, one of the many Palestinian. Um, ID types that are um, uh, available, basically. So um, what is happening is uh, that the settler organizations are trying to take even more homes from Palestinian families. And this has been an, an, an ongoing thing. So over the last year, Palestinian families have been uh, forced to, to leave their homes in Sheikh Jarrah. But at the moment, um the the kurd family has had the 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 child date basically pushed because they mm-hmm. are going to be forced to leave their home for a, a second time in the last 10 years basically so what is happening is that settlers are taking palestinian homes and palestinians are kicked to to the street which um is not something that any any like self-respecting court of law would would agree to but i guess when you are in an apartheid state and when not all citizens of of mm. the the country have similar rights this is what you get yeah and i was reading that the the company that's ev- evicting those people is a private company based in the usa um. of course <laughs> Of course, you um, have like I think at at this point. Oh, sorry. No, no, go for it. I think at this point, like um, the occupation is so comfortable that it does um, outsource its activities to privatized com- like private companies. You have checkpoints that are mm. privatized, so whenever we have to check to pass a checkpoint, now we don't always have to deal with just soldiers. Now we can also. Uh, deal with um, with like company representatives who uh, want to um, provide us with a wonderful experience while crossing a checkpoint. This is very dangerous. The privatization of yes, um, police and army and hundred yeah. percent. It's it's a very much um, U.S. law as well. That's 
um, yeah. like Guatanamba Bay. Like, yeah, just, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wish more U.S. citizens knew where their tax money is going and is it's going when we talk about Palestine mm. it's going for the displacement and dispossession of Palestinians whether from Sheikh Jarrah or from um, other all around historic Palestine um, when we talk about the military occupation the blockade on Gaza and the displacement of Palestinians mm. in Jerusalem and the violence committed against Palestinians in 1948, all of this is funded by the U United States yeah. and also supported by other settler colonies around the world, including Australia. Yeah. Well, um, we're running out of time. I'd love to chat to you more. Mm. I'm going to have Janine Hourani yeah. come here next. But before you go, uh, Tala, you have another another song to recommend us to yeah. play yeah this song this track is is like a hip-hop track by one of my friends back home Ooh. um hey <laughs> <laughs> um abu Lais. um he's also from jerusalem he's from sheikh jarrah so i just thought it's very important to amplify Definitely. his you know his music his voice and send my love and solidarity to him i wish i was with you today and right now especially during these times but um, yeah, Tala, I know you, you have a close connection to a lot of the artists from Palestine who are mm. really making a difference in like, they really are. you know, um, showing the world what Palestinian art has to give. And it's really powerful. Um, tell us about your friends a little bit. Like, well, I think, you know, hip hop is inherently political um, mm. as a genre and um, across, you know, through so many different oppressed and marginalized people all over the way, all, all over the world. They've used it as a tool for resistance, for, mm. um, you know, showing up for their lands and for um, and for their people and to, you know, um, just use it to send our message to the rest of the world and what and you know um our, my community back home is not different from muqata which is one of the you know main um we call him the godfather of hip-hop yes. back home <laughs> to platinum now using trap for as, as a tool as well for resistance and for showing um, the world, what we what we have to deal with, to Abu Lais, um, to Taban, of course, Salib Wahad, which are also an incredible hip hop um, collective. They're just, you know, they're just very talented, very political, and very determined to um, not become mainstream and cheesy and just stay true to their colors, I guess. Yeah, cool. Well, really amazing having you too. Thanks for having us. And, Thank um, you. And I'll see you next week on Saturday. Uh, I mean, next Saturday. Yes. Yeah, and the protest. This at Saturday on the protest. Yeah, protest 1 p.m. Um, in front of State Library. Be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll play the song. This is Abu Laiz. And the song is called yeah, Kani Mani, <laughs> and it's also featuring Bint Halal. Um, yeah, cool. I'm excited to hear. I'm 
ساري داري بمشي ساري بحالتي يا دوب ساري بحالتي بحكيش عادي عادي يا شريك عادي عادي يا شريك لو ما كذبتش في كل مرة كان صدقنا بس ما صدقتش واحنا فرطة كيفنا نأمن ونتفصنا لحسن ننفس بش وقت والله بلا هالقعدة بلا هالكشرة انا هالبعدة بدنا نعنيش بلا هالمفرق ولا كان ضفلة common enemy. The same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel is the same government that's going for our rights, trying to attack the very limited gains that casuals have. And so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity. It's about building workers' united self-defense mechanism, understanding that we're all part of the same battle. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. And now I'm just going to play uh, the speech which uh, Janine has made, Janine Harani has made at the protest yesterday. Yes. It is also important 
for us to acknowledge that while we as Palestinians were and continue to be victims of the colonization of our own land, here we are the benefactors of the colonization of this land. Our fight for the liberation of Palestine on this continent must first and foremost center Aboriginal sovereignty. And I would like to say to any First Nations people joining us today, your fight is our fight and our struggle is one. Palestinian-led movement. 
them justice and equality. It aims to pressure the state of Israel to meet its human rights obligations using the tools of boycott, divestment and sanctions, hence BDS. BDS Australia, BDS Australia is about to launch a campaign against Elbert Systems, which is an Israeli defence and security company that manufactures weapons and arms and field tests these weapons and arms on Palestinians. The Australian government has in the past had billion dollar contracts with Elbert Systems and the Victorian state government currently has a six million dollar contract with them to establish a research centre right here in Melbourne. Yeah. Elbert, along with most of our campaign targets at BDS Australia, do not only harm Palestinians. The governments of India and Colombia also have contracts with Elbert Systems and both of these governments are currently perpetrating state-sanctioned violence against their own citizens. Please like and follow BDS Australia on social media to keep updated on our upcoming campaign. And finally, I would like to reassure you all that what we are doing is working. The Israeli Supreme Court postponed the forced evictions of Sheikh Jarrah citizens for 30 more days because of local and international outcry. Free Palestine, and um, we're you're tuning to Salam Radio Show. Uh, that was uh, Janine Horani's speech um, at the protest yesterday. Uh, Janine Horani is a, a Palestinian advocate, a campaigner, an educator, um, and uh, she's the leader of. Um, of many movements, but I guess uh, the main one, she's a director of Road to Refuge, which is an organization that campaigns on a wide range of issues to protect and defend human rights, both within Australia and across the globe. Um, hello, Janine. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It's it's a pleasure. Um, it was such a great moment listening to you at the end <laughs> of the protest. It really touched us all. And what really like resonated with me is um, uh, your emphasis on the Palestinian cause being not unique and it's also being very relevant to Australia, where we live in a settler colonial place. Um, and uh, yeah, the sovereignty for the Aboriginal people hasn't been ceded yet. Um, so yeah, tell us... Uh, Tell us more what you felt when you did the speech. And oh, what I felt when I yeah. did the speech. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, what wasn't um, captured was um, like five or ten minutes after I got off the stage, I had a bit of a breakdown. Um, <laughs> it's just, it was just such an emotional day. Like I grew up going to um, pro-Palestine rallies. Um, you know, um, as Palestinians, we grow up and we're born into the movement. And so I grew up very much going to protests and rallies. And the turnout that we got yesterday was just really, really overwhelming mm. to see. And in a great way, like I just um, really feel like we're 
on the cusp of something and on, on the cusp of some change. And um, I was in the crowd for most of the day. So then at the, right at the end of the protest when I got up on the stage and I looked around and I was like, oh, wow, like there's actually so many people here. Yeah. Um, it was a really kind of um, humbling but also a very kind of exciting moment. Um, and, yeah, I feel like I left it all out um, mm-hmm. when I was speaking. And so when I got down, I just felt like all of the emotions suddenly kind of overwhelmed me and um, just started crying. I just was so kind of um, moved by the show of people, kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I spoke from my heart, so whenever you do that, you kind of feel a bit raw and vulnerable on the other end of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was very, such an emotional day, um, uh, but also in a good way. I have never seen such big support for Palestine. Uh, and it's really good to see that change. Yeah, and I think people are realizing that, um, you know, there's there's lots of um, people and communities that are realizing how their struggles intersect with Palestinian struggles. And so we're seeing more, you know, First Nations people. We're seeing mm. more people from kind of other, um, you know, marginalized communities come out and support Palestine because we're starting to realize that um, there's commonalities in our struggles. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I really want to focus um, uh, with the... Uh, little time we have on um, what should people do after this protest? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I think that um, for myself for, as a diaspora Palestinian mm. from the outside, sometimes we can feel quite hopeless. Um, we see um, people, you know, making um, kind of more direct or more obvious change on the ground. You know, you're going out and you're protesting and you've got, um, you know, they're risking a lot more and, and from the outside sometimes it, we can feel like we're not making as much of a difference or that our hands are tied or that um, we are helpless because we're not out there on the front lines. Um, and I've been thinking a lot. I've been involved in BDS um, yeah. for a while now, but really as the events have unfolded over the past um, couple of weeks now, I've really realised the importance of BDS um, from a diaspora perspective. I think that the power that we have... Um, as diaspora and as Palestinian allies outside of Palestine is that we are now citizens of other countries and therefore we are constituents of governments of other countries. And what that means is we can put pressure on our Mm -hmm. um, governments to, you know, sanction or divest from Israel. And so because of that, I've really seen how um, the power and influence we can have from the outside um, for like, you know, doing the BDS movement. Yeah. Great. Um, Is there any, what, um, I guess like it's because mainstream media, um, uh, in my opinion, is biased towards this cause and it's very hard to find um, uh, good, reliable resources. Um, do you have a couple of um, pages for people to follow? Yeah, so I guess um, for our, in terms of like organisations that are doing work here in so-called Australia on a national level, um, mm. there's BDS Australia, which you can like on um, social media, um, on Facebook and on Instagram. And I mentioned um, in the speech that we're about to launch a campaign that people can get yeah. involved in against Elbert Systems. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Elbert yeah, system? Yeah, actually? sure. So um, Elbert Systems is an Israeli defense and security company. And um, they, in the past, the Australian government has had um, billion-dollar contracts with them. And the um, Victorian state government currently has a $6 million contract with them. And um, they manufacture weapons and they test those weapons on Palestinians. And, wow. um, yeah, and the $6 million contract is to... Um, create, in inverted commas, a research centre of excellence 
um, here in <laughs> Melbourne. Um, and as part of that, they're collaborating with universities, they're collaborating with small, med- small and medium enterprises, and they're wanting to set up this, this research institute. And so um, as part of our campaign, we want to stop that. We want, don't want the research institute um, mm. to get up and we want the contract to be cancelled. Um, and so we're currently planning a campaign around around that and kind of being led by there's also Elbert campaigns happening in the UK and, and across um, the West in other countries that also have um, contracts with Elbert. And so um, learning from, you know, transnational movements against Elbert systems about how we can, um, you know, not get that centre, get that centre, not not get up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good to see a worldwide discussion about mm. this. Um, it's such a horrible thing to, for the Australian government to support. Um, also knowing the history of Australia in supporting Israel, um, uh, yeah, it's such a shame. Um, and hopefully you'll be successful with yeah, your hopefully. campaign. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and yeah, w- other than that, um, we have you have a n- another protest on... Yeah, so there's yeah. another protest on Saturday and... Um, yeah, this coming Saturday. And actually, originally, we had, um, that was the one that we'd originally scheduled. Mm. And then as things kind of unfolded in Sheikh Jarrah and we started seeing um, the settler colonial violence happen in real time, and we realised that the 22nd of May was too far away and we needed to have another one. And that's why mm. the one that happened yesterday um, happened when it did. But, um, yeah, we've got another one tomorrow and... Um, Nasser Mashni mentioned in his speech yesterday that if everyone who comes along brings a friend, we can double our numbers yes. of the people that were there. So hopefully we'll we'll see um, double, if not more, um, numbers next week. Um, and essentially, you know, I think that um, we are seeing so much momentum at the moment. Like people yep. are so keen to... Um, to help and to give and to contribute and to stand in solidarity. And so because of that, um, it's really... You know, it's a, it feels like a really exciting time. And in the past, we've been worried about, um, you know, because the movement has felt so um, small in, a, in you know, so-called Australia that we've felt, um, you know, we would think twice before having a protest two weeks in a row. But, the, but this time it really feels like people are, you know, happy to come week in, week out to support um, the Palestinian liberation movement. And it does feel like change is happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, what... Um, I'm not sure if he spoke about this earlier, but mm. what's been happening in Palestine is ongoing for seven has been ongoing for 73 years, and yeah. this settler colonial violence isn't new. But it's what's new is the fact that it's being televised. What's new is the fact mm-hmm. that it's now we can access the reality from the ground on our social media, on our phones, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, and so people are seeing the reality of the state of Israel, and you can we can no longer kind of. Um, people are not believing the lies anymore. And Mm. so I think because of that, there's a lot of momentum around the movement. Um, And I guess it also just goes to show um, that it doesn't start or end with Sheikh Jarrah, you know, just because Sheikh Jarrah is the first one that has got um, social media kind of um, presence. It doesn't mean that there's going to be the last kind of um, village that's the the target of settler colonial violence. Yeah, Because I I grew up watching the the exact scenes that I'm seeing now. Um, this has been going on for far too long and it needs to stop. Yeah, and I think for a lot yeah. of diaspora communities like mm. um, and people that I've spoken to, we kind of look at what's happening and we realise that this is exactly what our, our grandparents would have mm. um, would have gone through. And, you know, I grew up hearing my Nakba story, like my family's Nakba story, mm. um, 
you know, my granddad told it to me all the time. My grandma told me her story all the time. Um, and it's one thing to kind of hear it from your grandparents and it's a whole other thing to actually see the violence yeah. um, with your own eyes and then think to yourself, well, this is actually what they would have gone through. And th there's also another layer of complexity because it's like, well, actually maybe what they went through is worse because it wasn't televised, mm. you know? So, yeah. so um, and it's been a really confronting thing for me personally to think that, you know, um, on the one hand, like I'm really grateful that, not really grateful, but on the one hand, I feel a bit relieved that um, my grandfather isn't alive anymore to kind of see everything that's happening and see all the violence that's happening. But on the other hand, I kind of wish that he was here so I could say to him, like, I can't believe this is what you went through and I'm really sorry that this is what you went through and now I understand, you know. Like I've always yeah. known, but it's like there's something different with seeing it, you know, seeing live footage of it unfolding in front of your eyes. Yeah. yeah. It's so great seeing, um, yeah, your activism and your passion for this cause. Um, yeah, because I, I grew up in Lebanon, um, came here um, in my 20s and, um, uh, and yeah, I, I found it very hard at the start to find people who understand this cause, even, um, uh, you know, even Arabic generation. But um, I feel like there's a huge shift and people are speaking out, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder what else we can uh, talk about do you have anything to say to our listeners today um yeah I guess like I hope to see you all um at the protest on Saturday um as I said in my speech which I'll reiterate like our fight isn't over until the entire um Zionist project is abolished and um we need to continue showing up for Palestine um week in and week out and you know I hope that the social media storm um doesn't end anytime soon because it's important that Palestine remains on the agenda and I feel like there's so much momentum and we need to keep that momentum going. Yeah. But at the same time, like if the social media presence does die down a little bit, um, it's important that you don't, that does, it's important that everyone remembers that doesn't mean that the fight is over or that it's not a problem anymore or that our struggle is not ongoing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, show, thanks to everyone who showed up on Saturday. <laughs> Please show up next Saturday and, and bring some friends um, and get involved. So, yeah, I mentioned BDS Australia. Um, yeah. Another, another great organisation that's doing work um, nationally is APAN, the Australia-Palestine Advocacy Network. Um, there's some resources that were put out by APAN and BDS on their socials that's got accounts to follow on Sheikh Jarrah. It's got, um, it's got um, accounts to follow on Palestine in general, websites where you can access resources, things like that. Um, we're also about to put out a reading list um, of like, you know, op-eds, but also fiction and non-fiction and poetry kind of all on Palestine that people can, can access. So um, keep an eye out for for that on our social media as well. Um, and the last thing I would say is um, is to really critically think about the way, you know, you mentioned the way that the media is portraying mm. um, the struggle and the cause and, and what's happening currently. And I actually had a very negative experience. Um, I did an interview last night with a mainstream media outlet and then this morning okay. the article came out and my quotes were completely diluted. They were taken out of context and they'd... Um, in the name of balance, in inverted commas, they'd added in all these quotes from a Zionist. Um, oh. And so, yeah, really kind of think about where you're getting your media from and follow the accounts on the ground because that's the most accurate source of information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I on your Insta, you have the link tree 
for people um, on Janine's Insta, if you follow Janine, um, she has a link tree where you can go and find lots of links that will guide you to all these amazing organizations that uh, Janine is involved in. Also a lot of uh, amazing articles by Palestinian writers. Um, So yeah, I think, yeah, a great way to help is to follow Palestinian activists, um, uh, follow um, accounts that are covering um, that are covering what's happening in Palestine. Uh, follow cultural leaders, writers. There's amazing Palestinian writers as well out there. Um, but yeah, we'll have a short break and we'll be back with you shortly. We've got a common enemy. The same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel is the same government that's going for our rights, trying to attack the very limited gains that casuals have. And so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity. It's about building workers' united self-defence mechanism, understanding that we're all part of the same battle. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, It's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But... Don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855AM. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au And you were tuning to Salam Radio Show. I had the beautiful Janine with me. And before she goes... Um, uh, yeah, she'd like to um, invite everyone for the protest next Saturday at yeah. 1 p.m. Yeah. yeah, please come along to the protest on Saturday. Um, our struggle is not is nowhere near over and we need to continue showing up for Palestine and Palestinians. We'll be meeting at 1 p.m. outside the State Library. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's, that's all the information. Um, yeah, bring... Um, face masks and hand sanitizers, hand sanitizer to make sure the protest is COVID safe. Um, and yeah, please bring along signs as well. We encourage you all to um, to make signs and, and bring them along. Yeah, the signs were very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and Janine's Insta um, is uh, J-E-A-N-I-N-E-H-O-U-R-A-N-I. Uh, the spelling for it so yeah please follow her so you can really find amazing resources on Palestine 
And up next, um, just to end the show, I'm going to play um, another track that Tala recommended. And it's called Akhir Kilma. صور ابيض واسود داخل براس اول سكول عارفين ان الكوفيه عربيه بس والله المخيم مش كول فبكفي استغلال واستهبال مستشرقين جايين لهون بس وقفنا الاستقبال فلاش بعينك هون نستنى العوده مش شغال بتلبي احتياجات المستهلك زي يونيبال فروح العبها مع غيري هون بنرسم وجه الواقع الجدران بدقه زي الدكتور خيري داخل كاني بقرا مقال عن معن اللي كتب له كلمتين مندعم نعم 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 طرفك بالبستور فلسطيني وبيت بك يعني بيرقصك تصحى من الكابوس بيرقصك عكتاف الثقل الشعب العربي لازم يستورد الثقة وبالفلتر يشوف الشمس مشرقة حاس حالي بكيس نايلون بيدربونا نعيش بفقاعات دمنية زي كيث دايتون هيب هوب سينو جيم الشباب عادة بتخبص الطائعين موسيقيين على وحد مفاتيح بتكبس قدام قدام ورا اكس اكس مربع اشعاعات الشاشة سببت له الدبخان والصدع وترضع الوان قوس قزح وطلعت بضع كياس ملان زبالة معالجة ورثيا وطبع وجود اسرائيل صار طبيعي بعد ربيعي نفسي بوجع هيك بس يخلع النيعي فالصب بنزين وولع زي الزرة دشت ولك ليش تبلبشت وبتركيب كلماتك خربشت لسه هلا بلشت لسه قبل شوي كنت واقف بتدور على الحاجز وتفتشت فمن وين جاي اصلا اسماء المناطق غلط اصلا جوجل الكرة الارضية مجموعات مركزة حصرا لا تحرك ساكنا ولا بتهز خصرا وجاي تتفصحا بجيك زي الساموراي من زمن ايدو بشيدو بطعنا مقاطعة ليش دايما بتحكي عن نفس الموضوع وليش هيك قلب زنخ تضفق داعك عجبلي بتقعد اسبوع لاني بطلت عارف احكي عم بموت من الجوع لاني بحكي وبحس صوتي لسه مش مسموع لو بقدر ارجع بالوقت ما بغير كتير لانه زي اللي قبلي مش طالع بايدي يا كبير واللي قسم كوريا قسم سوريا ما تضلكش تلف ودوريا بتكرش كرش زي دبوريا لرات يا عمي طب وانت مالك فواكه رأس مالية بتسقط نظام في جواتيمالا من اجل العدالة مش بالضبط تدخل خارجي ممكن الساعة تمثالك بس للضبط فافتح فيسبوك واعمل لايك لشمعون بيرز عشان نفرجيك حقيقتك وبعدها بقعدك عقارز فحص جينات طلعنا احنا اليهود الاصليين معنات الشعب الله المختار فلاسفطينيين من فلسفطين اذا المستعمرين حابين يتخوتوا علينا بموضوع الدين What a great song. <laughs> um, so you were turning to Salam radio show. I'm Marushti and I had Janine Hurani, Tala and Lur from Palestine on the show to speak up on the atrocities that are happening um, in Palestine. And uh, this is it for us. Uh, see you next week from 4 to 5 p.m. You're turning to Salam radio show.